We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. What's up? Welcome in to Best on the Board, presented by BetMGM. It is another baseball episode here on Best on the Board. Michael Beller here with you. Last week, we dug into our favorite win totals as we get ready for the start of the MLB season. Today, we look at a bunch of futures, division futures, pennant futures, and World Series futures. Going to run through all of these markets and not keep you here for two hours. So let's jump right in. Joining me, Derek Van Riper, DVR. What's going on? Hey, happy to be here again. Thanks for having me. Hey, man, this is going to be this. There's a lot of fun here. I can't wait to talk about these uh, Milwaukee Brewers that you are, are very close to, even though you're not physically close to them anymore. Because <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's an interesting team in a couple of these markets for me. So we got them certainly on tap. Nando Defino here with yeah. us as well. Nando, man, this is uh, you, you've got a lot of things you want to talk about in this episode. Well, no, I didn't want to talk about all of them. I was just going to choose from well, things that fit the show. Yeah, well, I know, I know, but I'm saying you have a lot of, there's a lot of irons in the fire, potentially. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some of them are really just $10 bets that I'd like to see happen <laughs> long shoddy, but I, you know, I believe in all of them. It's not just there for- There we go. Yeah, it's not just for shock. There you go. Got to do it all with conviction, right? As long as you can do it with conviction and back it up with uh, something that's at least semi-coherent, then you've got a place on Best on the Board. <laughs> it's touching. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so we're going to do. We're going to get through all these markets. We're going to talk all the all, all six divisions. We'll talk about the uh, AL and NL pennants. We'll talk about the World Series. Uh, we're not going to hand out bets for every single one of them because you shouldn't be betting on all nine of these things. That would be a silly and foolish way to spend your money. But we're going to talk about them and talk through why we like certain things, maybe don't like certain things, maybe have no strong feelings, some ambivalence in certain things and get really give you some of our favorite highlight those best bets that we do have as we look forward to the start of the MLB season let's start with division guys let's start with the American League Central White Sox favorites minus 200 twins plus 500 Tigers plus 750 Guardians plus 1000 Royals plus 1600 the White Sox have the second Best odds to win their division among any team. The only team with shorter odds in a division is the Dodgers in the NL West. I think that is deserved. Uh, Nando, uh, this is another one that I think you think is deserved as well. But minus 200 is a little bit of a of a long price to be playing out for six months. Yeah, well, I mean, the other thing that concerns me a little bit is they've kind of been exposed just a tad now uh, with their right field situation and Andrew Vaughn going down. Um, and it made me look a little closer at their depth. You know, Carlos Rodon is gone, and, you know, Michael Kopech, mm-hmm. who knows if he can handle a full season. Mm-hmm. Keuchel has been a Jekyll and Hyde before. You know, you can go through each one now, and you're kind of like, oh, man. I didn't really think about the depth before, but now I am. Um, and I'm still, you know, I like the Tigers to make the playoffs as a long shot. I don't think I'd like them to win the division. I like the Guardians to make the playoffs maybe as a super long shot as a wild card, but I don't like them to win the division. I just keep going through that in my head, and it just always goes back to the White Sox winning the division, but, uh, you know, maybe faltering in the first round of the playoffs. 
It's a very easy division for me to look at the odds, say, yeah, those make sense. And yeah, I'm not interested in getting involved with any of them. DVR, I think the case is the same for you, but you did argue on last week's show for a Twins over. Now they could easily go over and not win this division. I think Mm -hmm. that's a likely spot, but plus 500 for them, the second best odds in this division, that intrigue you at all? A little bit, because I think the timeline is key here. If I'm going to bet on a division winner, I'm probably not betting on a favorite. I'm betting on something that has reasonably favorable odds because I want that bigger payoff. I want the the chaos to hit. And I think the biggest concern with the White Sox that I have is the same as Nando's. It's the depth. This was a problem for them last year. I don't know if the rest of the division has improved enough to expose that. Where I think they could really run into more trouble is in the playoffs. So if you if you like the White Sox to win the division, I, I have no argument against that. I think I'd be telling people not to bet them to win the American League pennant or to not win the World Series because I think depth always gets tested at some point during the season and depth really starts to matter in those closer games in October. So that's where I think the White Sox could actually falter again. Those are the kinds of things you can address over the course of the season. You may have a few surprises emerge, or you might be able to just make a couple of trades in July that actually fortify that bench. But I think this is a similar issue to what the White Sox had this time last year. Familiar refrain on the White Sox last season was that record against playoff teams, that record against above 500 teams. They really did struggle when they played teams that were in their weight class and they just beat up on the teams that they were very obviously better than. So maybe that does have you concerned about this team should it get to October once again. AL West is a fun one. Astros at minus 165. Angels at plus 400. Mariners right behind them, plus 450. Rangers plus 1,600. A's plus 2,500. There are those very familiar, very tempting as always, Los Angeles Angels. This is one that intrigues me at plus 400, certainly, and really the Angels intrigue me there. They intrigue me for the pennant. They intrigue me for the World Series a little bit because we know about the top-end talent on this team. I think if I was making a bet in this division, that's the way I would go. DVR, it's the way you would go as well. I mean, what stops you from making this Angels bet? I think it's that the Mariners are also good and that the Rangers are improved. I think this could be a more balanced division than it has been in a long time, where you have four legitimate playoff caliber teams, at least today. We'll see what happens when when injuries start to pull these rosters apart. Part of this with Houston, too, is you start to look at them now that Carlos Correa is gone. You look at them having lost George Springer a year ago. You think about Alex Bregman coming off wrist surgery and the concerns we had a year ago about the health of Jordan Alvarez with his knees they don't have as much depth as they used to have either. So I think some of the things we were just talking about with the White Sox now apply to Houston, and that's even within their lineup. Their lineup is still going to be very good. It might not be the entirely like best lineup in the league the way that we've grown accustomed to. They do seem to exceed expectations with depth. They have prospects that people don't necessarily have as top 50 or even top 100 guys who come up and play meaningful roles and then exceed expectations. So you do kind of want to give them the benefit of the doubt with that. But part of it is just Houston not being quite as good. And with the Angels, it's banking on health with Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon. I think just having those two guys alone back in the lineup, that could make about a 8-10 to 10 win difference over last year. Yeah. Noah Syndergaard, when healthy, is always an impact pitcher. I, I think as long as he comes out of spring, like last time we saw him, 93-95 was the velocity. That's under where he was. But if he gets closer to his pre-surgery range velo-wise, He's going to be a difference maker for them in the rotation. And they quietly have a really good A bullpen. Rysel Iglesias is back. Aaron Loop was one of the kind of underrated bullpen additions. So I think they're they're significantly improved in some of the areas where they've been weak. They got a little bit of depth as well. They don't have enough spots right now for Marsh 
and Adele to play every day because they're going to keep playing Justin Upton. They still have, you know, hopefully a healthy Mike Trout all season long. But this is a team that is significantly better. The one thing I wish they had done is add shortstop help. I wish they were the team that got out to get Trevor Story instead of the Red Sox. Yeah, that, that's really the thing that stands out when you look at this lineup top to bottom. But it's easy to talk yourself into the best case scenario with this offense. It's, it's, I mean, it really does feel like a team, especially the offense, but you could throw Syndergaard in there too. But I'll just focus on the offense that like it's all about the health. If they're healthy, it's hard to imagine them not hitting and hitting very well. So that's part of the reason why I like them. The Mariners intrigue me too. Uh, you know, this was a team that was on the doorstep of being in the postseason last year and has reasonable expectations for to get a little bit more out of certain guys this season than they did last season. So I think that that's a team that uh, is certainly intriguing at the plus 450. Not a bet I'm making, but if you told me you wanted to go out and bet the Mariners to win this division at the 450 number, I think that it's a totally reasonable bet to make. And then you find the Rangers one step down, at least one step down in terms of being the fourth uh, best odds to win the division, but a, a significant couple of steps down in terms of the actual number at plus 1,600, a team we know made a lot of improvements, spent a lot of money up the middle in acquiring Corey Seager and Marcus Semien. Nando, you talked them up as a team that could exceed its win total. Plus 1,600? Does that get your eyes popping a little bit? It does. Well, look, I'd like to be very clear that I could, like, at 25 to 1, I've got I would put like 50 bucks on the Angels to win the World Series. But for this, I, I just, this, this jumps out at me as we're talking value, and it looks like the Rangers are a value team, man. They, they kind of feel like, like a sneak up on you San Francisco team uh, from last year. They've just, I don't know, they got a good manager, like a forward thinking manager. They, they got a, I don't know, they just have a way of making these pitchers who you think are past their prime or, or you know, wasted prospects into something. I think John Gray coming out of Colorado is going to be motivated. He's going to pull a Drew Pomeranz, just be awesome. Um, look, it's not a rotation that jumps out at you and that you want to love, no. but you can make a case that everybody in that projected rotation could be pretty good. They're not afraid to spend money. They're not afraid to trade. Um, you know, I would not be surprised. And I know there's no like legitimate actual room for him here, but Michael Conforto could be on this team in a week. You know what I mean? Like I, it's it crazy just seems that like he's just lurking out there still. It's that stupid compensation pick. I think that's killing him. So mm. season starts in a week. I read a column. Is it? I think it, <laughs> like, <laughs> it was our. Was it one of our guys? I read a column about how like uh, Brandon Nimmo was trying to text him, and he won't text anyone back. Like he's just in a bad place about this whole thing. Yeah, well, that's I, I would be too. <laughs> Season starts in a week. I can't believe. I like. I get why. I, I understand why he's not on the team yet. But it's like, come on, that's Michael Conforto, man. How many teams can he obviously help? Like twenty four. This team's the Rangers had. team is one of them. I think of him on the Tigers <laughs> yeah. once in a while. I daydream of him on the Tigers, like. But this is just this is I mean like what I'm saying this is a perfect fit for him uh, and I guess White you bumped Sox. Brad Miller White out Sox of here. Are a great fit for him. Well, they, now that yes, now, <laughs> yeah. but they got Adam Halsey, so all's good. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, this is uh, I don't know. I, I think we've we've been dying for someone to challenge the Astros for the last couple of seasons in this division. I think that uh, this maybe finally is the year that that does happen. And uh, Angels, Mariners, Rangers all looking like teams that Angels and Mariners, I think certainly can Rangers would need a few things to go their way. Uh, but this could be at least a two or three team race in the AL West. We know that is going to be the case in the AL East where you've got the Blue Jays, Yankees and Rays all stacked on top of one another. Blue Jays, the slight favorite at plus 180 Yankees plus 230 Rays plus 240. The Red, the Red Sox are down at plus 600. Orioles obviously way out of things at plus 15,000. Uh, like, look, if I was ranking these teams one through five, I would rank the Red Sox fourth. I, I do think that Blue Jays, Yankees, Rays on paper, this is a better team. You know, Red Sox have some serious rotation questions. But are they really 
plus 600 to the Yankees plus 230 and the Rays plus 240. That just feels like it feels like there's value there to me, even though I would rank them fourth of those four AL East contenders. Uh, what do you guys do? And DVR, are you, do, do you feel similar or think I'm crazy? No, I, I feel similar. I guess the, the thing I've been wrestling with is do I feel better about the value I'm getting on the Red Sox at plus 1800 just to win the World Series instead? I think they're clearly good enough to be an impactful playoff team as constructed. They will absolutely make some kinds of changes in July when we get to the deadline if they have any problems on their roster. I think right now there's some question about how long Chris Sale is going to be out. That's maybe one of the issues that they aren't necessarily built to cover in the short term. They've got a few other injured pitchers working their way back that might provide depth. But I'm in on Evaldi and Hauk. I think Pavetta's fine as a glue guy. I like Garrett Whitlock as part of their their staff in some capacity. He's an impactful arm regardless of how they use him. A couple of guys like Waka and Rich Hill, like that's very Raisian. Chaim Bloom coming from Tampa Bay, kind of using some of those tricks. But they were the team that added Trevor Story and didn't need to. And it kept Story away from the Yankees, which I think is <laughs> kind of just an extra little bit of gravy on top. This is a good lineup top to bottom. One of the better lineups in the American League. Maybe not as good as, as Toronto top to bottom, but not far below that because they have their MVP candidate in Raphael Devers. They have that next cluster with Bogarts and JD and now Story. And then they've got those role guys like Verdugo, Kike Hernandez. Bobby Dahlbeck provides some bottom-of-the-order power. He's pretty interesting, too. So I I like what they have put together there. Uh, I think people are sleeping on them a little bit. I just think I'm more inclined, because of the AL East being as, as balanced as it is with those four teams, even though there's value with the Red Sox, I'm more interested in them to just win the World Series at plus 1,800 instead of winning the division. Yeah, th- that makes a ton of sense to me, actually. Uh, because you, I mean, like, there, there's an argument to be made that it's harder to play the what, like 55 games or whatever against those other three teams and come out on top of this four-team heap than it is to get into the playoffs and then knock off like one of them and the Astros and win the AL pennant. And for that, the Red Sox are 10-1 to 1, plus 1,000 at BetMGM. So, I mean, that's, you know, you, you certainly find some slightly better odds at a, a mountain that feels only marginally harder to scale for this Red Sox team. Nando, plus 230 and the Yankees, a team we talked about quite a bit on our win total show. That's a, a bet you threw at me as we were talking about the start of this. I mean, look, I, I sort of intimated this when we talked about the win totals, when I said that Yankees under 91 and a half was something that I was interested in. They, I, even though I'm interested in that, like they have, I, I would say the second highest ceiling in the majors behind the Dodgers if things go right for them. And so plus 230, like, again, like I love the Blue Jays. I would pick the Blue Jays to win this division. 180 and 230, that feels like a little bit too big of a gap to me. That's, I mean, that's what, I, again, I think like the narrative with the Yankees has been, you didn't sign Correa, you're not doing all these offseason moves, you guys suck. Um, when in reality, <laughs> man, they like, it's this is Brian Cashman putting together a team again. And it's just, we're talking about a team with Anthony Rizzo and Joey Gallo, who were just kind of, you know, late season additions who stuck around. Um, who you know hammer forty home runs you know have good on base percentage it's just it's just such a funky good team that can kill you in so many ways um, and one thing I think we're underrating is the rotation depth uh, I mean we're looking like people are, are down on Nestor Cortez in fantasy circles because they don't think he's going to get a full shot at the at the rotation um, Davy Garcia is having an amazing spring they mm-hmm. they just they have depth man they got Ronald Guzman sitting in the minors. Miguel Andahar, who had an amazing season, can't even fight his way into a bench role. Esteban Florial can't get a shot, even though he's one of their top prospects. Like, I don't just like if someone falters, they got so. And JP Sears, I think Lindsey Adler talked about him and uh, 
in her preseason AL East preview column. They're just, I don't know, man, there are just too many good pieces that they can back things up with. And that's how I look at these. Like, if someone falters, if you lose your right fielder to a hip injury, who's going to take his place? If you lose your number five and number four guy to injuries, who's going to take their places? The Yankees aren't afraid to make trades. They got a little bit of cash to hit, you know, the, the salary cap, which they're not afraid to go over. And uh, they just have guys lurking in the minors who are seasoned and older who can take over and, and be good. So, I don't know, man. I got them winning the World Series. I got them and the Angels winning the World Series is my bets here. Angels and, and Yankees as uh, as World Series plays, and we'll talk about that in a little bit here. I mean, plus 180 on the Blue Jays, I like. Yeah, I love the roster, but man, plus like... It's tough to it's tough to get there in this in this in this division. That's ultimately what it is, and that's like that's why the Red Sox are the one intriguing play to me. It's just because it's tough with this division. Like it's so much is liable to happen. Where are we so on the Blue Jays? Where are we on the Toronto uh, the vaccination stuff? Is that still happening? I know New York cleared everybody, but did, like, is it still like if you're not vaccinated, you yeah, can't come play against thing. the Blue Jays? Yeah, but I'm saying like if half their home games, they're not going to have some. I would assume some big name players playing against them. Which maybe plays into this plus one eighty for now. It's I think it's it's something of an of an explanation. I would say. Can it you imagine these teams? Like come, yeah, these superstars on like the Yankees. They have a couple of high profile unvaccinated guys not being mm-hmm. able to play against Toronto. I mean, that's yeah, that's, that's I, a fairly I mean, that big deal. Make, yeah, that can make all the difference. And we're not gonna we're not gonna really know until that first New York series in Toronto. Yeah. I mean, vaccination so, uh, statuses are going to be known very quickly yeah. after everyone we will plays find the Blue out. Jays. We will find, <laughs> when they have to visit Toronto, we will find out when someone suddenly is out of the lineup. That, uh, that'll that be the, the big tip-off, certainly, as to who's been vaccinated and who hasn't. But at least going to be absolutely fascinating to watch once again this season. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Let's jump on down to the NL Central. Um, Brewers minus 175, big favorites in this division. Cardinals plus 230. Cubs, Reds, Pirates. Pretty much out of the running here, as, as the odds would indicate. Cubs plus eleven hundred, Red Sox sixteen hundred, Reds uh, Pirates five thousand. DVR, can the Brewers ever just get an offense that we can trust? Like, what the hell? Uh. Because this team, I, I want to like this. I feel the same way about the Brewers as you do about the Red Sox. Like, I'm not going to pay the one seventy five for them to win the division. I am absolutely interested in plus seven hundred to win the pennant and plus a uh, thousand. I believe it is no plus sixteen hundred to win the World Series. We know they're going to pitch. Innings one through nine, excellently, arguably as good as anyone in the majors. But just please get an offense that we can at least semi-like top to bottom. Seems like a a reasonable sort of request. I mean, they're banking on (laughs) a a full season of Willie Adames being the player he was after the trade, which I don't think is unreasonable. I think when you look at his splits in the trop and everywhere else, he just did not hit well in that park. Talked about not being able to really see the ball all that well. Uh, Other hitters have complained about that, too. So... It's possible that you get something close to a full 2022 version of 2021 Brewers Willie Adames. I think this is another team that's also relying on a couple other bounce backs, though. I mean, you basically have Hunter Renfro in for Avi Garcia. Same same kind of production, same kind of player. You have Yelich hopefully bouncing back to something better than he was last year. Maybe not an MVP candidate anymore, but if he can be a three and a half or four win player for them again, that's a lift. And then you got Keston Hira with the revamped swing. Will Salmon wrote about it for the Athletic. 
geez, I think probably a week or two ago now, but if they could find a way to get Hira to be a middle-of-the-order impact bat, if you start to pair like the rebound potential of these players together, then they could actually have an average or better offense as constructed. But that's a lot of ifs. I think they still have more moves they're going to have to make in season. I think the other question here is, can they keep their pitching healthy? That's the fine line that they have to walk. The Brewers have to keep that core of their starting pitchers healthy. They run about six deep right now, thanks to Aaron Ashby. But I think with Burns and Woodruff and Peralta, they might have three of the 10 best starting pitchers in baseball in that rotation. Everybody loves Aaron Ashby, DVR. I've seen his name so many places. So many sleeper, yeah, then, so many sleeper calls for Aaron Ashby. And there's some questions about just the the volume of innings he's going to work, but I think as long as you have both Lauer and Hauser still there as depth, they could be the four and five. Ashby could be sort of the six to begin the season. Maybe he's a multi-inning reliever until we get to June, and then we flip the switch, and in the second half of the season, he replaces one of those back-end starters, and they take that multi-inning relief role. But all of this rides on health, and a lot of it also re- relies on players bouncing back because they're minor league bats are not impact bats that are coming to help anytime soon. So let's talk about the Cardinals for a second. Plus 230. I mean, if one of you wants to jump in and make an argument for the Cubs or the Reds or I don't know, I mean, no one wants to make an argument for the Pirates, feel free. I'm going to assume that neither no one wants to make a, a plus 1100 argument for the, for the Cubs or a plus 1600 argument for the Reds. These Cardinals, it's like part of me wants to be intrigued by them at that price. But like, I don't know, this team... This team has so many questions uh, for me that I just I can't. This this really does feel like a Brewers only division. Maybe the Cardinals made things semi interesting, Nando, but like I, I I don't know what to make of this team. Mostly because I just don't like I said about this team last year. I just I just don't trust the pitching. I don't trust the starting rotation whatsoever. I'm just so I'm just like the Cardinals. I just no offense to Cardinals fans, but like it's just like this boring team that shows up every year. You know, like I'm just yeah. I can't oh, get yeah. into it. I mean, I know they got like their <laughs> stacks, you know, the Arenado, you keep forgetting is on that team. And I don't know, man, you're, you're banking on Adam Wainwright at 40. He's going to be 41 this year, having like, you know, a repeat of what he did last season. Uh, I don't, and Steven Matz, you know, who's, you know, been good, whatever. Miles, it's just too much up and down for me, man. I am. I would yeah. rather do the, I would, I'd rather go with the Cubs. If you said 10 bucks to put on any of them, it'd be the Cubs for me. What's the, what's your non-brewers Cubs non-brewers? I think that, you know they got it again. Like they just put together these pieces that fit really well, and I think David Ross is the kind of manager who can will a team to you know five extra wins. I don't know that doesn't sound smart and numbersy, but it just like he can motivate these guys to be the best versions of themselves. Um, I you know I, I don't love any piece of them, but if you look at you know mm-hmm. how they fill things out and what their bench looks like, I think the Cubs are actually an okay team, and I could just see them being like this you know, stretch of 15 and four in the middle of the summer where they're, you know, within striking distance and a half game out of the central lead and they just win another four and take it over and never look back. It's just, for me, it's just, it's, that's total gut call personality thing, but they're, they, you know, their lineup, the players they have, everything comes together just nicely for me. I don't, I don't think they're going to be a hopeless team by any stretch. No, of not, not at all, man. They got Seiya Suzuki. They're going for something there. They're, well, yeah, I, I would say he, like the Seiya signing is more about, like 2024 and beyond 2023, maybe even as, as early as that and beyond. But, uh, and you had to, you, you got to get the guys when they're available, right? Even if you don't expect to, to compete in the season that you sign them. Uh, but this yeah, is but like, he, he had to it, see, so he had to be convinced of something there too, you know? Like, oh, for sure. You, you for could sure. pick any yeah, team yeah. and you're like, let me go to the Cubs that are supposedly yeah. sucking. I don't think so. Yeah. 
It's a, it's a, it's certainly an interesting group of position players they put together. Uh, you got, you've got Nico Horner and Nick Madrigal and Jonathan VR and Clint Frazier. Uh, and we'll see if, if Frank Schwindel and or Patrick Wisdom can carry over the the power benches that they were on last season. It's an interesting group of guys. You, you sort of like I know we don't forget about Marcus Stroman, uh, but it happened so long ago because it happened before the lockout that like it's it's sort of easy to forget that he's on this team too. So like it, it like it, it feels like a seventy seven win team to me that is like semi competitive at certain parts of the season. This division's garbage. I mean, I, I think the <laughs> yeah. Brewers are a good team that could run into the problem that the White Sox ran into, where they just destroy the NL Central all season, and they go up against the Dodgers or another the Mets, another super team in the NL, and their great pitching just gets hit because they're facing lineups that can actually hit teams that are that good. I think that's the that's the fear if you're David Stearns and the Brewers right now. I would agree the Cubs on value actually make the most sense if you're actually making a bet in this division. I'm not betting the Brewers to win the division because I just don't... I don't like the structure of that bet. Hendricks could bounce back. They'll get innings from Miley. Stroman's actually very good. This might be a team that's built more on on pitching and defense than people realize. Some of the bullpen additions they made were kind of low-key. You know, Michael mm-hmm. Givens and David Robertson. But all you have to do is be good enough to win the games that you should win. And you can hang around in a division like this. And I think this is... This is also going to be interesting with like Brendan Davis. Is he coming up early in the season because he fixes one of their flaws? Can they turn Clint Frazier into a kind of a low key pickup? I I liked that move when they made it, and I still mm-hmm. like that move now. So I see more reasons to be optimistic with the Cubs than pessimistic, just because of the amount of effort they put into retooling the roster over the course of the winter. I couldn't agree more with that. It's a not. A, I'm a Cubs fan. I do not expect them to compete for anything all that meaningful. I do expect it to be an interesting and fun summer. And that's certainly more uh, than I was hoping for uh, at, you know, six months ago or eight months ago. That's so, the attitude. Uh, so that's, yeah, hey, hey, yeah, look, look, it, it can't be, it can't be World Series or bust, right? Because then what, what where's the fun in a, of a sports fan if it's championship or bust? Yeah, Gotta be able to ha- find some fun in the middling seasons. You don't want to be a Bama fan. Yeah, right. Well, dude, like half the teams Screw are making that. the playoffs now anyway, so all good. Uh, don't get me started on that. I'm a, I'm a small playoff kind of guy, but uh, that, that gets <laughs> Not us our call. off topic. So let's talk, Not our let's, call. Talk about the, uh, <laughs> let's talk about the NL West. Dodgers, 225, minus 225, obvious favorites here. And then things uh, you know cascade from there. You got the Padres at plus 325 and the Giants at plus 550. Nando, Giants, can I get you to make that argument? Yeah, man. I just, I mean, I, I, they proved it last year, I thought. Like, I, I know there's some arguments, you know, that was fluky, but I don't think it was. And they, you could argue they got better. You know they they strengthened their pitching staff. Uh, you know they just had another year around each other. I don't know. It's I don't know why people don't believe in the Giants. Like I understand trying to take down the Dodgers is a quite the task, but they have no depth, man. That's like a house on toothpicks for the Dodgers. It's mm-hmm. we know when a couple guys get hurt, they bring in some. You know, dude, you and not this is not to knock their farm system or anything, but like dude, you never heard of uh, if you aren't really deep into the game are taking places of a lot of these guys. They don't have the kind of bench strength. Um, that say like the Yankees do, or even you know the Cubs have an interesting assortment of bench players. If you gave the Dodgers the Cubs bench uh, with some of those platoon partners, I'd be like, yeah, okay. But I do think the Giants, man, people are counting them out, and that's a hundred something win team that's just bringing back most of what they had. So I'm on the Dodgers, man. I, I'm sorry, I'm on the I'm on the Giants. They they just look good to me. They they're good enough to repeat. So I, I'm not on the Giants at all. I will say that I'm a little surprised that they are as far back from the Padres as they it's are. Crazy, the Padres man. It's being at plus 325 and the Giants plus 550. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, this feels this is sort of like Trevor Hoffman's in the in the Hall of Fame. 
I don't see how you have Trevor Hoffman in the Hall of Fame and Billy Wagner not. It's sort of like they're both <laughs> or nothing. Like there, there's an argument for both. There's an argument for neither. There's not an argument for one and not the other. And I feel that like the Padres and the, and the uh, Giants here. Like if the Padres are plus 325, then the Giants are plus 350. If the Giants are plus 550, the Padres are plus 500. I don't get the gap between those two teams. I do think I like the Dodgers' depth. I, I think they they have nine or ten starters that would actually be starters somewhere else. I think they've got a couple prospects coming up that could be impact pitchers. So I think they're they're more like the Yankees even still. And I think they have that ability to unearth a Max Muncie, right? They have a Zach McKinstry. They have players like that all the time. It's just something it, – it's because of the Andrew Friedman raise. Like they, they have that same – it's like we said with Heim Bloom in, in Boston, you can kind of see those things come through in a big market where they can go do everything else. So I still see the Dodgers as the league's death star. Like they are they are the team to beat. I'm totally with you guys on on the Giants and Padres, not much separating those two teams. I think the pod, the Padres, it could fall apart quickly on them because they just didn't do enough to bolster their offense. And then they had the unfortunate Tatis injury that's going to cost them two months. So with the Giants, I... The, the lingering question for me is how much does the retirement of Buster Posey actually hurt them? I know he didn't single-handedly make them 10 wins better than they were last season, but that's kind of a huge void to fill in a lot of ways for that team. And I think they've obviously embraced injury risk in their pitching staff. So if enough injuries bite, maybe their depth takes enough of a hit where they, they fall and, and don't make it to the postseason. But people are sleeping on them repeating. Are we expecting it like an Eric Hosmer salary dump that gets the Padres something meaningful sort of deal in the next two weeks? I'm not. I, I don't I, think so. People have been talking about that forever, and I don't see it. I know. Yeah. Just with some of the moves they've made, it seems like they almost expect to be able to pull it off. But it's – I just I, – I would have expect, – if, if it was going to happen, I would, have thought, I would have expected it to happen by now. It could just be one of those surprise cuts. You know, that hap- that's happened before in, in the history of spring training. I guess mm-hmm. we haven't had a normal one in a couple of years, but usually right yeah. around now, yeah, the next week, it's like, oh my God, they cut this guy and they owe him so much more money and he can sign anywhere for the veteran minimum. Let's see what happens. I don't get – there's some cognitive dissonance in these Padres and Giants odds, and I guess maybe it's just like – maybe it's it's just lingering belief in the Padres from how exciting they were a year ago at this time and lingering doubt that the Giants can possibly be uh, the team they were last year or something approximating the team they were last year again this season but uh, it's going to be it's going to be something that I think we we figure out relatively as quickly as you can figure something out in a baseball season uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that were the case the NL East I think is going to be a division that goes down to the wire and the odds certainly indicate that three teams that really matter here Mets at plus 140 Braves at plus 150 Phillies at plus 400 the Marlins are at plus 1400 another team that I would just like love to see get an offense with the pitching that they've built there but doesn't it, it, they're in the wrong division to be a, a team that's going to have to win the way the Marlins are going to have to win this season so let's take a look at those top three really Mets Braves and Phillies uh, DVR the Phillies are, are very intriguing with what they've done uh, to build that out they're going to be like a hilarious team that hits a billion homers can't play much defense uh, but like I don't know, I think they can. It feels like they can mash their way to like ninety three wins. I think they can. The gap in the projected standings between the Phillies and Mets is a lot smaller than you'd like it to be if you are running the payroll the Mets are running. And the Phillies are spending too. They they have to. They've got Bryce Harper at his peak right now. Uh, I think it made sense to push those chips in, make the offense as good as it can be. I think it works out for them because when I look at Philly, I see a playoff caliber rotation when they're at Mm -hmm. full strength. I see an offense that can hit playoff caliber pitching, and then it's just going to come down to 
are, are are the mistakes they make defensively? Are their shortcomings defensively? Are they well timed where it doesn't matter? They're already <laughs> down three and it doesn't make a difference. It's a game they're going to lose anyway, or is it in critical spots? And that's that's variance. You don't know when those mistakes are going to happen. They're just going to happen inevitably more for them than they do for most teams. So I think the Phillies present great value. I think of the teams we've talked about throughout this episode, it's one that I actually like from a division perspective. I think plus 400 of them is totally fair because these three teams could go into the final series of the season where each of those last three games matters. Like I, I could definitely see that being the case in the NL East this year. I'm, I'm intrigued by the bullpen too. Like it, it's, it, it could go, it could go really wrong for them, but like, would any of us be like totally blown away if uh, like Brad Hand, Drew's Familia, Jose Alvarado, Corey Knable bullpen as the back four comes together? Like, I mean, that could go way, way wrong. We've seen all four of those guys individually go way wrong in recent years. But like, it, 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 this, it, DVR, you always say like, you know, what could go right sort of bet? <laughs> like that, that that could go very, if that goes even like 80% right, that you got to be feeling pretty good about the Phillies. Exactly. For a team that can win ugly, win by putting up seven or eight runs on any given yeah. night, you can get away with some reliever meltdowns. I think it plays a little bit of defense against some of their flaws, the way they've they've made a few, a few upgrades. The Knable signing was a great addition. Like he, When he's healthy, he's an elite reliever, and I think that's yeah. a big upgrade for them over Hector Neris. Uh, Braves and Phillies, or Braves and Mets, excuse me, at the top of this division with the Mets, actually the favorite at plus 140 and Braves at plus 150. Now, no, it's just, it, it's, uh, I talked about what, how much I like the Mets. I talked about how I just like, I get it. It's the Mets, but like, come on and look at this team on paper on our win total show. I can't get on board. I can't tie up. I can't tie up anything in plus 140 for the whole season with this team, though. I'm not, this is like, I'm not touching any of these teams in the NL East. I'm staying as far away from it all as possible. They're just too... There's too much tumult in my head between those three at the top that I can't pick a winner. So I'm just, these are one of these things that like, I'm out, you know, sorry, not offering any advice. Don't know which way it's going to go. Good luck to everybody else. Put your money on the angels instead. You know, what's fun is that the Bra- the Mets are at plus 475 to win the pennant. The Braves are at plus 600. The Phillies are at plus 1600, which again, it feels like way too much of a gap between those teams. Um, and, and like, I don't like, the, 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 like, do the Braves like get, that much worse from last year? No, it's basically so. the same. It's basically <laughs> yeah, right. the same team, right? <laughs> and they're suddenly like this far back, plus six hundred in the in the for the pennant, and plus uh, twelve hundred for the World Series, the defending World Series champions. That's basically the same team from last year, right? And I mean, they did it without Acuna in part because they were a pretty well balanced team. And you, know, you replace Freddie Freeman with Matt Olson. You upgrade a couple spots in the pen, make the pen deeper. To me, that's a, a it's a net even, right? You might be a little worse at first base, but you're a little bit better with that stable of relievers, which wasn't bad to begin with. And by May, mid May, at maybe late May at the latest, Acuna is presumably fully healthy again. So then they're back at full strength. I mean, I'm not betting them at plus 150 to win this division for the reasons that we've already stated. But I can definitely uh, feel a, a Braves. If I was going to get involved with the Braves, it would probably be a World Series bet at 12 to 1, which is about what they were last year. Obviously, you know, futures odds are going to differ very much from book to book. Uh, but that's about the range they were playing in last year was this 12 to 1. In some places, you were able to get them up to I think like 17 or 18 to 1. Um, and that's really where I think there maybe is some value on the Braves. Nando, is there any? If you were going to make one NL pennant bet, what would it be and why? National League pennant? Yeah. Like if anyone, uh, you had to make man. one bet. 
I know it's not your strongest feeling. I know you feel a little bit stronger about the American League, but NL, if you were going to make one, what would it be? Uh, well, I don't like anyone out of the East. Uh, the Central's too big of a mess, so I would probably go the Giants. It would probably just, I'd probably ride that Giants wave, I think. Yeah. 1,200 plus 1,200. They are sam- I mean, sandwiched in between the Cardinals and the Phillies. It just feels like they out. should they should be like 18 or 19. I might shop around to 18 or 19 because yeah. the disrespect they're getting seems like to win the pennant, it should be a little less than that. It's sort of surprising to see them, you know, that far off in the NL West. And then, you know, if you're not, if you, if you're, if they, if the odds really state that they're that far behind the Dodgers, which they are, and that far behind the Padres, which maybe they're not. And we're talking about six teams making the playoffs. Like, are they going to, so they're going to squeeze in as like the six that you're going to get one team out of the central only two out of the East. And they're going to squeeze in as the, as the sixth team. Like there's again cognitive dissonance and feels like that's a little bit off in these uh, pennant odds for the Giants. So I, I would agree. I think I don't I don't think twelve hundred is bettable. Fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. I think maybe that starts to be bettable on these Giants. DVR Phillies. I mean, is there anything else in the National League that intrigues you? Not really. Um, Phillies by a landslide plus sixteen hundred. It's, it's the sweet spot. It, it's yeah. it's long enough odds. It's likely enough to happen. It's a team that has to win right now there's a lot of pressure on them to get the job done while this window is open so i i like like the circumstances a lot and i just i think that's a it's a closer race in that division than people realize totally with you love that phillies plus 1600 not just trying to uh, piggyback not just trying to agree but that was one that i had scribbled down as well just that there's 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 a lot of reasons i think to like the phillies and, and you nailed it with it being the sweet spot i so I, I think it's fair that there are seven teams that have better odds to win the national league than them but that is a very sweet spot where it's realistic and the payoff uh, meets the how realistic those expectations for the Phillies are. Uh, in the American League, uh, Nando, Yankees, you said it earlier. You didn't actually go into a uh, full de- description of why. The Yankees are at plus 550. There's actually three teams at plus 550. And you have an American League that is stacked one on top of the other. So you've got the Astros, the favorite, at plus 475. Then you've got the Yankees, White Sox, and Blue Jays, all at plus 550. Then the Rays at plus 650. So, I mean, basically with Vegas, I mean, that that's all about exposure and basically Vegas is saying there are five teams in the American League that are in the top tier and we don't know what to make of them right now so why do you make the Yankees the, the one to beat here Nando you know it's, so I'm old school Vegas mentality that the Yankees are a sucker bet you know like the Lakers and the Cowboys mm-hmm. but I, here I think they're actually still great value man I, again it's the narrative I think has killed their odds like I know so many Yankees fans who are so mad that they didn't like quote unquote make moves this offseason but I, like if you took this lineup and gave it to someone four months ago, they'd be like, holy crap, this is like top to bottom, objectively, this is a pretty awesome lineup. And maybe it's just because as fantasy people, we know Isaiah Kiner-Falefa and what he can do, and he might be like the corner, not the cornerstone, crap. What's that word when you build the archway and the thing in the middle holds it all together? The linchpin? It's not the linchpin either, it's stone, it's some kind of stone. (laughs) It was made famous in a book about Uh time travel. Uh, anyway, I don't want to waste time with it, but no, 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 no. Keep talking about it. <laughs> he is the he's the guy who I think is going. This is going to hinge on, and I think he's going to be amazing this year. And that's going to just give them the lasting power. Their pitching staff. They got so many replacements. I just that's a team built for the World Series. That's a team built for the playoffs and the World Series. Man, they're going to mow people down. They're going to destroy people with their bats and mow them down on the pitching side. You know what's fun about these American League odds is that I think like. It's hard to say there's a sleeper in the AL the way that there that we can believe there is. 
in the NL, maybe if you want to like talk yourself into, and maybe it's not even talking yourself into, but the Angels and the Mariners, right? Like at plus 1,400, those are the teams that you would talk yourself into. And so if you like the Astros, White Sox, Yankees, Blue Jays, Rays, even the Red Sox at plus 1,000, it's like the door's open. That's not bad value on any of them. Like you're not betting plus 250 on the Dodgers to win the National League. You're probably not betting plus 475 on the Mets to win the National League. Keystone. I just about how much I like the You're probably not betting, right? Yeah, so. but like, the, the the Astro or the the American League, like all those teams, you could you could argue, and the math would not say this, but if you have a, if you have a real reason to like these teams, like you could argue, like you're not giving up value because they're all the same, and so that makes the American League sort of fun and sort of wide open like that. Yeah, um, I'm with you there. I think the the last thing I think it's Angels for me on on the AL side. It's plus mm-hmm. fourteen hundred to win the AL pennant. I mean, I'd, I'd rather probably make the World Series bet by a comparison, aside from. The core star players we talked about in Cindergard edition. I think Patrick Sandoval, he's appropriately rated in fantasy circles, probably underrated just in the, the broader baseball community. And Reed Detmers. I am a full on believer <laughs> in Reed Detmers taking yes. a huge step forward for them this year. So their first three or first four starters might end up looking a lot better than some of the other top end AL teams once we get to the, even the midpoint of the season. You guys, Angels and Giants, both plus 2,500 to win the World Series on BetMGM. I feel like you guys should have like a showdown bet here. <laughs> <laughs> Why not do both, man? If you got 50 bucks, put 25 on each. I don't know. There's nothing wrong with that. You're still making a lot of money. <laughs> uh, th- I mean, those are that's where we're, again, like if you're going to be betting one of the favorite favorite, I think the only place you can really get into it is in the World Series. Because then it starts to get a little bit, you know, exciting. Yankees, for example, plus 1,100. Blue Jays are plus 1,100. Braves, who I talked about, plus 1,200. So, like, that's where things start to get a little bit interesting. But I think we're, you know, we're all sort of in this from Red Sox to eight, at plus 1,800 down to Phillies at plus 3,000. Like, that's that's the intriguing. That's the intriguing group of teams as you're looking at these World Series futures on that MGM or really wherever you're looking at them. And can I just throw one more, like, if – Plus sixteen hundred on the Brewers. If they get, if like everything you said, DVR. If they get, you know, eighty percent of those things plus make a move, suddenly that team is super scary. And plus sixteen hundred looks really, really nice. I think they know this is a, a critical window for them too. You, you don't mm-hmm. get three pitchers like that all yeah. up at the same time on on contracts like that. Mm-hmm. Those windows close really fast. So I, I don't think there's any hesitation to push more chips in to fix their flaws later on this season. It's going to be just super – I can't wait, you guys. I was so down on baseball all winter long for obvious reasons. But now that opening day is a week away and I'm about to be able to put uh, the NCAA tournament behind me after the end of this weekend, I'm just – I'm so ready for this season to get here. So we got a lot of things to track with what we're talking about on this episode. We'll have one more for you before the season starts as we look into awards, leaders, things like that. And then next week, opening day has arrived. So really – Really just an awesome time and happy that we've made it to this point. That's going to do it for this episode of Best on the Board. For DVR and Nando, I am Michael Beller. Thanks so much for listening. Good luck. Happy betting. We'll talk to you soon.